0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Coasters and Culture with Rex and the Beast. This is the Beast in Louisville, Kentucky. On the line with me is Rex in Denver, Colorado. And this is the podcast for rexandthebeast.com. It's good to be with you today. Today we are going to be talking about the new restaurant that is opening up at Epcot at the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida, Space 220, opening in September 20th. That's this coming Monday. So we have a lot to talk about here. We haven't had a podcast on the restaurant yet. We're pretty excited about it because we love food. So, yeah, this is going to be a reality based smells podcast. Glad you're with us. Here we go. Rex, what's going on in the world of Denver, Colorado? Well, I can't tell you
1: completely, Beast, because for the past three days I have been up in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. But, oh, what's uh, going on in steamboat? You know, it's uh, it's it's what they call the mud season up here, uh, which is not the summer or not the ski season, um, and even before the the leaves really turn beautiful. So it's supposed to be pretty much empty, but that has not been my experience. It is packed up here. The restaurants are packed um and, and yeah i, I went to, i've gone twice to try to get a haircut at this place that's the haircut place in steamboat but you can't make reservations you just walk in both times i walk in at like two they're like sorry we have people waiting till 5 when we close so it, it's just wild everybody coming up here to the mountains because they can't travel or don't want to travel because of covid but still having a great time great great weather and uh, it's really an awesome time to be in the mountains here at the beginning of fall
0: you know Let's see how good you are on your uh, Colorado historical perspective. Why is it called Steamboat? Any idea?
1: Yeah, because when the uh, sort of founders, the original people that found a town, as they came up here, the hot springs... That are of course the famous part of Steamboat Springs. There are these uh, amazing hot springs. The hot springs were of course just open part of nature, and they were pouring off so much steam that they thought there were there were huge uh, trains pushing steam out. But it was just the uh, it was just the um the hot springs and so they use the the steam from the hot springs to get the name steamboat why boat i don't know but uh, but that's where it came from i'm fairly certain
0: well if not that's a great story so yeah i'm we'll, pretty we'll, sure that's right we'll roll with that well today rex we're really excited because we're going to talk about a segment here that we haven't talked about in quite a while and that is a reality based smell segment listen you smell something reality-based smells i want to smell something that's real i feel like we haven't done this in a while so because of that i just want to give a shout out to to our boy randy for really in many ways enriching our lives with uh with this phrase reality best smells i mean do you think it's worth just a quick reminder of how where that came from
1: well, yeah, sure. We can give a quick reminder here is back in, uh, oh, my goodness. Do you remember the year? 16? Oh. No, 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 not 16, like 11 or something. You um, and I put together a documentary on a haunted attraction in Denver called City of the Dead. And as Two part of- 10, 2010.
0: 2010,
1: yeah. yeah, 2010, put together a documentary on City of the Dead, which you can find on our YouTube page if you have any interest in that. And, and it was really a great experience, and you spent much more time on it than I did. You went and hung out with uh, Randy, it Was what, he and his wife are the owners, and uh, hanging out with the uh, crew and and these sorts of things. And, and one of the things in the, that you did, um, if you, for some reason people don't have time to watch the whole documentary, you can also find the little uh, clip that we have on our YouTube page where Randy is explaining to you how certain things work in his haunted attraction called City of the Dead. and. He is showing you a porta potty, basically, and inside of it is you know a, uh, a a a bad situation. And he is making he is making the comment to you on the video. And I was not there when this happened, so I only saw it afterwards. And he's making the comment to you, and he's like, you know, one of the things that is really important to me and is is to use reality-based smells. He says you can buy smells for the haunted houses. And then no. he goes on to say, you've smelled them. Uh, and which, of course, is true. We've been in many haunted houses we over the years. We have smelled them. Yes. And we've smelled them. And we just latched on to that as one of the great humorous <laughs> phrases of all time, the reality-based smells. And, um, and we've used but it one, ever one since. The
0: hu- yeah, one of the questions for the ages, and I really, I go back and forth on this. I think I know what I, I believe at the current moment. But the question is, does Randy at the time did he already have that phrase in mind has he used that a million times before or on the spur of the moment did he come up with reality-based smells I have to think that was already in his repertoire.
1: Well, I think so too from this perspective, because it is he you know, one of the great things about Randy is he was really serious about how serious he was about yes. his haunted attraction. Yes. And so he has made this point many times before us to anyone that would listen that you're better off with reality based smells, not not buying these not industry smells.
0: Industry based smells uh, yeah. are just Which, a no go. Well, yeah, I mean,
1: like, yeah and, and you and I have had the hilarious comments over the years of what the heck does he really mean with reality-based smells? Because he really <laughs> didn't have somebody go in there and take a dump in the Portageon. Is You know, is really, he's used, like, he makes a point in the video. He says, you know, like when the reanimator is coming out of the reanimation area, um, you want it to smell kind of clean and clinical. And he said, so I use mothballs uh, that are covered in, you know, whatever, ammonia or something. And it's like well wait a minute uh, you know you're basically what you really mean is you just want to create your own smells you don't want to buy them from somebody else because you're still making smells to smell like something it's not real but that is meaningless to the overall concept the no, yeah yeah i mean
0: they're, they're reality based because it says this i want to smell something that's real. real i want to yeah, smell something real. that's real
1: yeah. which is just a spectacular follow-up uh, and so it's one of the great moments randy if you're out there drop us an email let us know what's happening uh because uh city of the dead was actually sold to the big 13th floor group and all of this so i don't think he is still in the uh, haunted
0: attraction industry but man if you are let us know well it would be a shame i mean i we we are absolutely i mean we're talking about this dead serious we are not making fun of randy at all i mean i one of the things that i loved about him was how serious he took his craft i mean seriously i that anybody who's in something and takes it seriously and wants to be the very best at whatever it is they're doing whether it's a haunted house or a video game or their company or whatever i'm always drawn toward that and i think one of the reasons he and i click so well is because this guy was not messing around man i mean like his he would have full-blown rehearsals if you were going to be a character in his uh, haunted attraction I mean it, even if he even if he was like needing a hundred people, you were still going through a rehearsal he wasn't just gonna hire you you know it I mean maybe
1: it may be my favorite part of the documentary is the video that you were able to take of him. Um, doing the auditions for the group and, and it's you know it's even better because it's he, he introduces them before it starts and this is obviously a group of people that have already been working at another haunt in past years many times they're not right off the street there's people that know what they're doing and he's like all right let's line up and let's see how you respond and then he brings in one of his dudes to just go full-blown I mean it's it's unbelievable it's a it's great unbelievable. great yeah. moment
0: Yeah, he's he's the kind of guy you want around. But anyway, this whole segment on this podcast is is in honor of uh, Randy McKellen, wherever he is, reality based smells. So what are we talking about reality based smells? Well, today, we're going to talk about Epcot, uh, which is, of course, one of the parks, the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida, Orlando, Florida. And Epcot is going through massive transformation, getting a lot of heat from fans right now because, you know, there's temporary walls up all over the place. Then you got the massive structure in the World Showcase Lagoon, and people are complaining about that. And they're complaining about the big, huge structure of Guardians of the Galaxy that no longer is Epcot, you know, hiding all of the facades and everything. I mean, there, Epcot's taken a ton of heat. So I And I love this park, so I just really hope that on the other side of this, It really delivers and just silences all the haters because you know that's just the way the twitter the diss twitter verse is or whatever but you know on monday a big piece of this is opening and that is the space 220 restaurant we've had some details revealed about this so we thought hey we would talk about them a little bit so you know just your take in general on the restaurant concept. You go in, you're going to go up 220 miles. You're going to see yourself, you know, rising above the earth. Apparently you're going to be able to see images of Epcot beneath you as you're going up. That should be pretty cool. And then you get into the restaurant and voila, uh, you've got these massive windows looking down on planet earth and so forth. You know, just, just your overall thoughts before we get to specifics.
1: Well, I'm really excited. Uh, This, this really goes right into the, the type of structure and theming that really hits home for me uh, because I love the space concept I love the space theming Um, I even like it when it seems to be like a throwback Uh, I mean I'd be pumped if they made a Jetsons restaurant uh, and had it all be like that I mean I just love that stuff so the concept as a whole I think is great and I I am nothing I have seen uh, whether it's the food whether it's the structure whether it is the actual building, which certainly is amazing, has done anything but keep me absolutely pumped to get here and see the Space
0: 220 restaurant. I just think it looks amazing. I do, too. It's going to be housed in what we have traditionally known as innovation, innovation, Innovations East, which is actually when you walk into the park feels like it's west because it's. Not a little, I've talked about that before it drives me nuts so they they are rightly changing the you know now they're doing the neighborhoods thing and this is going to be a world discovery at the mission space pavilion the space 220 restaurant is going to be part of that pavilion so it fits perfect I mean it definitely the theming is absolutely perfect with the pavilion and the world discovery all of that's going to be great you know, you and I, I, I know, man, we, it seems like we bring this up so often, but there's just relevance to it so many times, it seems. And that is, we have experienced a similar kind of thing in terms of the elevator at Disney Quest, right? Because when, you, when you're in the elevator, you know, going up in Disney Quest, you've got the genie and all the stuff happening around you. And the same thing also happens in Gringotts when you go down in the elevator. Right Even on that one, right. you're not re- you're not really moving on that one, but you have all of the 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 screens and everything. And it I mean it's so uh, it's very realistic. It feels like you're going down. And you're getting able to see and everything. So that kind of stuff, yeah, we just love that. But how do you think they're going to do that? Is it going to be mead party of two, and it's just me and you in there, or are they calling? four groups at once and we all get into the elevator and then go in, you know, wh- how do you, how have you thought about that? How, how are they going to do that?
1: You know, I have to admit, I haven't thought much about that, uh, as a concept. I might, but if I was guessing, I would guess they would attempt to try to use, you know, groups as much as possible, um, and, and bring them up, uh, you know, not unlike the, uh, Astro Orbiter elevator, the way that works, you all get in there together, go up to ride the attraction. Um, but that may be completely based upon how the structure and timing works and all of that. Um, I don't think it's that big a deal. I don't think it's going to be that much of an elevator ride, meaning they could just do it for us and then go back down, and do the next one, you know, 45 seconds later. I think it'll go either way. But uh, my, my assumption is, ultimately, and I say that meaning post possibly COVID, um, it'll be just a big group going in, but they may do it differently uh, in the short term here.
0: Yeah. And we don't even know. I'm assuming it's not really an elevator. That's the difference. At Disney Quest, you really were in an elevator. You were actually going up. But I'm assuming this is just going to be a, you know, just to make you feel like you're going up. Then you're going to walk straight into the next room and, you know, you haven't really gone anywhere. But who knows? I don't know if that's right or not. I, I, I guess there could be an elevator.
1: Well, I mean, what, you, I re- what I read was it's uh, taking us uh, 220 miles
0: above the Earth. So, I mean... So, I in know, that I case, guess. it actually is an elevator.
1: Yeah, I would think so, because I don't know how you're going to get that high without having something. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: a good point. Well, I, okay, so on Twitter, man, we looked at it just a moment ago. Uh, I want to give credit here to David Martin from Fox 35, uh, the channel, I'm assuming, in Orlando at fox35david on twitter he went in there's a group of a small group of people eating but this is real people this is not just animation or anything and he snapped some photos and rex man this looks ridiculous i mean this photo looks like you are peering down on planet earth and if it looks half as good in person as does this photo this is going to blow us away
1: yeah i i mean i i absolutely agree and i mean the picture of the elevator you've seen the picture of the elevator with all the people standing around looking down at florida as they're going blasted into space right have you seen that picture
0: well I, is that an actual picture no no that's concept. No, no no art. yeah right you no yeah i have
1: okay yeah it's so i mean that looks amazing but now we have actual pictures of the interior and with those pictures comparing those pictures to the pictures that the concept art was they are so good i'm not so sure the pictures are better than the concept art um and if the elevator is like that as well wow what an experience this is going to be for
0: sure that's exactly right i feel the exact same way i thought the pictures the actual pictures look better than the concept art how often can you say that unbelievable okay well let's talk about the thing that everybody is talking about right now which is the menu itself now I have to give Rex, you know, some credit here that Rex knows food, you know, it's like Bo knows whatever Rex knows food. I mean, you, you've, you've done some fine eating in your, in your day. And when this menu came out and was revealed, what was going to be going on here as is typical in any announcement, but there was a, a, a mixed opinion on Twitter as to if this was a good idea, a bad idea, if it was going to last, if it was not going to last. And that is that what we have here are, are fixed prices. Now, what's that Officially called,
1: uh, officially called the prefix menu is what that is called. It's come you know comes from the French and but once you get it into English, it's like prefix, just like you're putting an re in front of a word prefix. Yeah. So uh, and uh, yeah, and it's
0: you know it, it's an interesting concept I have to say for them to use here. So I'm looking at the menu right now, and the idea is there's one price for your meal, but that I, uh, that's actually not true. So as I'm looking at it right now, I'm looking at the dinner menu, and I'm on the official DisneyWorld.Disney.Go website. So adult dinner pricing is $79. You select one of each, liftoffs, which is an appetizer, plus Star Course, which is your entree, plus Supernova Sweets, which is your dessert. Okay, so that's great. You do get an appetizer, you get your entree, you get your dessert, but that does not include your drink. So so $79 is actually not the the total price, assuming that this is, I'm taking this literal, that the drink is not included in what's listed here under the adult dinner pricing. Is that no, the way I, you read it as well?
1: I, I, no, I do read it that way. And and to be honest, this was not the original menu that I saw. The original menu I saw had no prices on anything, and it had you picking from the different things um, so that that would be your, your deal. So what this menu has become is what I had already mentioned to you that I fully expected the menu to become down the road, which was gonna be a hybrid. Because right now, it also shows some additional food that you can just buy a la carte. And the food has its own price. Um, And so you have a, a prefix menu to a point, but then there are plenty of other options as well. Now, I think the distinction is you cannot this would be my guess is that you cannot go without ordering the food the dinner that's right you can't go in and say i'll have one starry calamari and a bud light they're going to be like uh no so i think that's the distinction you have to start with the the prefix menu and then you move on to the um the other options if you want to change something up
0: right now i you know there's some people on twitter right now who are complaining that disney is making things confusing whether it be you know disney genie genie plus and that whole deal whether it's the annual passes and now we're talking about a prefix menu here but you know you could see how somebody could look at this and say what in the world's going on because at the top it says liftoffs which is appetizer starry calamari and then right below it it says flight bites and once what's one of the first things you see Starry Calamari for 19 bucks. Well, what's going on? You know, it's like if it's part of the thing, then why do you have it? Do you want to double up? Or you get a Bing Bang Burrata, is that how you say that, uh, on a liftoff, but you want a second appetizer, so you get the Starry Calamari for $19. But here's what's weird. Not all the appetizers on liftoffs are available on the Flight Bites. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> this is one of those times that I do
1: agree with the people is i don't really understand what the heck this menu is trying to do and and i do feel like they've got to get that under control um because it is very strange the way this is set up right now um it's like taking a little piece of this over here and then a little piece of this over here and i i I think there's going to be an amazing amount of explaining to people when they get this menu what's going on
0: yeah assuming that this is going to be what we see on monday you know uh, time will tell in just a couple of days uh but then you've got you've got your star course which is included one two three four five six seven options but check this out if you want a side such as brussels sprouts you're paying for those bad boys so so the entree is just the entree uh no sides well that's not necessarily true some some of the entrees do have sides with them so this is another one of these deals You, if you get the roasted free range chicken, you get Brussels sprouts with it, but then you could come down and order some potato wedges maybe to go alongside it. So who knows, man?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a very confusing menu. It really is. And certainly a lot of high-end restaurants have the concept of, you know, everything is a la carte, you know, you buy your entree, then you buy your sides. If you want, you buy your drink, you buy your appetizer, obviously all of that's separate. But again... This does not, isn't that. And so that's why it's very confusing. I, I fully expect this menu will be cleaned up uh, over the course of the next few weeks. Because as it is right now, if this is the menu, and this is right off the Disney site that I'm looking at,
0: uh, it's messed up. Well, the other thing that's confusing to me, just because I don't drink alcohol, is that there under the kids menu, the kids pricing, there is an option for soda for $3. But there are no soda prices for adults. I can't find just how much a Coke is. So, uh, you know, we're just gonna, it's going to be really interesting to see what the menu actually looks like. I'm sure we're going to get plenty of people posting it on Monday. At least I hope we do. Because to me, this is kind of question number one. It's really not to, until we started recording here, Rex, that it really dawned on me how confusing this is, you know?
1: No, it, it is, and, and let me just point out something else which is strange that I don't completely know how it works together, but perhaps it is because you have to have the dinner first and pay for the dinner, but let's just take an example here. The Starry Calamari, if you bought it, is $19, right? Right. And then if you go down to the Space Station Special, a twenty four ounce bone in ribeye is eighteen dollars
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so so what the heck is going on and next to that is a one and a half pound baked whole lobster stuffed with crab for twenty bucks i mean i mean y- you and i would uh we would never leave this place if those prices are accurate so i i'm i'm totally confused um because maybe it's because if you've already paid the 79 and you wanted to add a whole lobster but even so that's a ridiculous price so i I don't get it i don't get it at all Hmm.
0: okay so i'm I'm glad that we can provide all this information if if these prices
1: are right you and i are getting four bone-in ribeyes to go for the entire hhn week uh i mean because that is ridiculous you know Uh, you usually pay at one of these high-end restaurants. You pay eighteen dollars for a baked potato,
0: right? But but back to your point, this is assuming you've already paid eighty bucks. I assume so.
1: I assume. Yeah. yeah I mean. So. But but you know. but you've already paid eighty bucks to order the starry calamari, and it's nineteen. So why? Oh, is oh
0: absolutely. If you're comparing it to calamari, right? It, it does. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all.
1: All right. Yeah. We're out. we we have no we have no interest whatsoever here. This is too screwed up. Yeah.
0: It's just crazy. And it, so, yeah. Is the pricing going to change over time? Time will tell. Let, let's talk about the space itself. From the from the pictures that we've seen, it appears that the restaurant is not all that large. Now, we, it could be deception. There, There could be still a lot of space behind where the camera is, but it appears that it's not going to be that large of a space. And before we started recording, you said, well, at first I was thinking they were going to ditch this prefix thing and just go back to a traditional menu. But if the restaurant is this small, they probably will remain, you know, packed out and maybe they're going to keep this menu longer than I originally, you know, thought. So, you know, fill us in on that. Have you changed your mind on them changing the idea of this prefix deal?
1: Well, as I said, I feel like they've already done some of it by by having these other add-ons, which is the thing I knew I did not think they could possibly get away from is you have to have some of the add-on stuff uh, for various people including things like, you know, uh, dietary issues and allergy issues. So, this menu already does some of what I thought. Whether they do away with it completely, I still believe that will happen. Uh, but I think it, I don't think that will be a two- or three- or four-week thing. I think that will happen somewhat down the road.
0: Okay. Yeah. The food itself. We've seen some photos. Uh, but what do you think about the menu? Let's start with the appetizers. I do want to give a little shout-out here. There's a Centauri Caesar salad. And that's a, that's kind of a nod to the old Epcot Horizons attraction, which Mission Space replaced. It's in the same area. You remember there was that Bravo Centauri space colony that you could do at the very end, and you know you would go into that. So they've they've kind of thrown that in there, which is nice. But anything in the appetizers you wish you saw that is not there, anything you're excited about more than others, you're a calamari guy, right? So I, li-
1: I like calamari. Okay, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not. It's not like the one that gets me going more than anything else, but I like it, and so I will. I will uh, I- enjoy that. I mean, you know. I- If you ask me to build my perfect meal, i got to be honest, I would say I would like an appetizer of a shrimp cocktail. I would like a really nice uh, filet or ribeye. And based upon how I'm feeling, I would like uh, surf and turf with a lobster or crab legs with that. That, to me, is my absolute favorite meal overall. So the fact that there's no no shrimp on there does, does... um, you know, I would like to see it, but again, I'm not going to complain about that, because they have enough interesting stuff here that that's the case, and you know, what I just said was is a pretty straightforward vanilla steakhouse meal, it's not that exciting, but that's just me personally, so I, I, the, I like the idea of having the lobster roll on there, um, and you know, the other, the fact that they have the whole lobster and the big, huge ribeye, I think is exciting, Um, i'm a big fingerling potatoes guy i like the roasted fingerling potatoes for a side i hate brussels sprouts so when i go with you we may have to sit at different tables uh, (laughs) i cannot stand the smell of them um but uh look i've got a great few meals i can put together off of this menu no problem
0: yeah absolutely i agree with you it's it's a little strange it seems that there's there's no shrimp at all on the appetizer side of things but there is cauliflower, and I know how much you like that. So Right
1: that'd be good. there with the Brussels sprouts.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, you just don't... I don't think of cauliflower. Brussels sprouts are so good, but cauliflower, I, I can't go with that, especially for $17. You know what I'm saying? That's a no-go.
1: Yeah, it is hard to pay that for, for cauliflower. But
0: So the Star Course itself, we've got some short ribs, we've got some free-range chicken, we've got some... How do you say that? Terra bolognese? Is it your bolognese? Bolognese, terra bolognese, yeah, yeah. bolognese. Yeah, basically, basically uh, uh, linguine with meat sauce. We have filet mignon. We have red snapper, x2 duck, blue house salmon. So, what are you going on there? It sounds like you're going for the filet. Right? I
1: am. I'm again. I'm. I'm pretty good. And you see there, there you can add shrimp or half a lobster. Half so a lobster. I'll take that filet and half a lobster, no problem.
0: So you can add half a lobster for fifteen dollars, or a baked whole lobster stuffed with crab for twenty dollars. Well, and to be honest, that will be a question for
1: me because I don't like the effort involved in use, dealing with a real lobster. If it's not a lobster tail, if it's a true half lobster uh, going all the way uh, kind of through the lobster, then I'll pass and I'll get the shrimp. But if it's lobster tail mainly, I'm, I'm that I'm I'm a hundred percent down.
0: Yeah, well, I agree. Remember that time we went to that. Like Lighthouse Lobster on iDrive. I'm afraid so. It was one of the worst meals we've ever had. But. One
1: of the worst experiences of all time. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a reason why those Lighthouse Lobsters are long gone, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I believe the was lot, really it's like, hey, have a whole lobster for six ninety nine. You know you're in trouble. Oh,
0: man. Uh, we were all over it, but you know, it was not good at all. Okay, then for the desserts, we got carrot cake, cheesecake, lemon mousse, Uh, sticky toffee pudding cake and gelato and sorbet. So what are we doing there?
1: Well, as you know, I am not a dessert sweets guy. I do not generally care anything about desserts. There is never a time when I have a meal when I'm like, okay, I'm ready for a dessert. Um, It just, it doesn't do much for me. If I was picking one, it will clearly be the chocolate cheesecake um, and I will probably get it to try it. I do like lemon mousse as well a little bit, and it looks like it's prepared really cool with the white chocolate rings, the marinated blueberries. Um, So I think they have a couple of things there, but I am not the most important person to ask about the sweets,
0: because it's just not a big
1: deal to me. But those are my two that I I have my favorites there. None
0: of these really do it for me either. I I might try the pudding cake, because that just, it sounds awful. Um, Yeah, maybe not, I don't know. I'd I'd rather just have a big boy ice cream, you know, fudge cake. <laughs> but
1: well, as I told you, because I, I had I, that tonight. <laughs> I needed well, as I was getting ready to say, in preparation for this uh, podcast here in Steamboat, I decided I needed to kind of get in the mood, and so I had a uh, I had a fillet and two half lobster tails tonight myself. So I'm I'm ready to go here. I I know right what we're uh, dealing with. So
0: of course, here's the question. So there's the menu. There's some of the things we're anticipating. In the idea. Here's the question. We're going to be in Orlando uh, the weekend before Halloween to experience Halloween Horror Nights and Scream or um, SeaWorld. Are we going to Space 220? I guess we're not because it, the only way to get here is to buy an Epcot ticket with a park reservation and I just don't know if the restaurant has that much pull right? If if there was a brand new attraction or something,
1: but is this an
0: attraction? I guess they're, they're hoping this is an attraction in some ways, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, And I mean, I'd be excited about it, but I, bottom line is our, our, our trip is just packed. I just don't think we have time. I don't know when we would work it in because you got to drive all the way over to Disney. You got to get in, you got to do that. You got to come out. I I just don't think we're going to have time. That's going to bum me out, but you know, uh, I I just think we're too pressed. I don't think we're going to make it
0: all the more reason we need two H HHN trips. Um, in any one given year,
1: yeah, Come. two two to three. I, you know, I've decided that we need to go. Twi- <laughs> we need to go twice in in uh, like opening weekend, and then a couple of weekends later, and then like the weekend we're going this weekend, the third weekend in October. I think that's the perfect situation. Uh, you know, we, we need to we need to hang out there as much as uh, you know. Like, hate to fly, hate to fly. Post the GIF of uh, vacation mode engaged like every seven days in September and October. Uh, you know, that guy is constantly heading over. So.
0: Yeah, well, you know, if they keep pushing back dates for Halloween Horror Nights, we'll be able to do that because we can start in June. So yep. we can, you know, every couple of months go to the Halloween Horror Nights thing. Well, let me ask you a
1: quick yeah. question here, just re- in, in all in all seriousness. What do you think would happen if they attempted to use a few acres of land over near Epic Universe, and they just built a 24, uh, uh, I mean, a, uh, a year-round... Uh, Hhn type of attraction, and I mean seriously, what what do you think would happen? Would would it have any? How many people would be interested in going like an old skull kingdom or something of that nature in February, March, and April? I mean, do you think it would it would have any chance at all, or is this just the whole purpose of this? Is it is limited, even though now it's limited to one sixth of the year? Um, what do you think? You know,
0: uh, you know, I think if Universal did a year round haunted a theme park or attraction or something like that that they're going to be able to make it successful but it's not quite it's going to be a completely different beast right it, part of the appeal of halloween horror nights is that every year you're getting something totally different completely unique different theming different mazes different characters different scare zones and it's 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 for a limited time i mean the reality is there's just something special and knowing i've only got in this in this case now what eight weeks to, to get there and get it done and go five times if you live in Orlando over those course. And there's just that hype that, you know, you would definitely lose if it were full-time, but I still think they could have something successful that would just look quite different. I think.
1: Yeah, I, I ultimately think that is the problem, and that was the downfall of Skull Kingdom, Terror on Church Street, all of those, is for this type of an event, for that type of a, of a experience— It has to change, is if it's exactly the same or relatively the same every time, you just aren't going to have the same constant turnover, people willing to come back uh, over and over and over. And that's impossible to do in one standing attraction like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, You know, how much money do they make? what's the difference between what they make at Halloween Horror Nights Nights, and what they make at what else do they do Mardi Gras or something Mardi Gras
1: Rock the Universe uh, yeah I mean that's
0: a two-night thing but I you know Mardi Gras goes for for a, a long time but but it's not a separately ticketed event right no no it's just like a it's just like so, the wine tasting thing at Epcot, or whatever. right. This is it, the
1: only one of these types of events, right? Uh, so there's
0: really no even there's no real comparison, even. I don't guess.
1: Yeah, and I and I don't think there is. Even if they did do something else, I don't think there would be any comparison. There is nothing that could get people fired up like this does. Uh, there are uh, we have learned this from uh, the people that we have hung out with, some both at HHN and on social media, and all of this. I mean, there are some people that. I don't know that they step foot in Universal the entire rest of the year. All they care about is HHN. They yeah. are Halloween fanatics and that's what they do and and that's great, but there's not much else that can do that. They're not, you know, you you can't put a Mardi Gras together or even a Christmas event or whatever people being like, I don't really care about the park that much, but that's the event I want to go to. Halloween yeah. just has a unique a unique perspective on that.
0: Yeah. You know, they have really just fine-tuned it as well it's just the best event in the in the country we think although you know maybe next year possibly Uh, i think it's time for rex and the beast to get back to the west coast and uh, check out not scary farm again see what we think after how long has it been 10 years 11 years Twelve years? yeah Yeah, longer longer Longer. a lot longer
1: um and so i yeah i think we should our um uh our our niece just went to halloween horror nights in hollywood and had an amazing time and a great time and uh enjoyed it and we need to sort of do that again too just to compare kind of what what we think about the two different events so
0: yeah well one last thing completely unrelated to halloween horror nights uh but it is back to disney and that is did you see this TikTok video of the mom uh whose little boy i'm going to guess he's maybe five years old he's watching the parade and as the princesses go by he's wearing the classic mickey mouse ears and as the princesses go by he tips his hat he tips the ears to the princesses did you see that
1: no i did not see that
0: oh man this is classic so he's uh, he's just this is truly what makes disney still just a magical place unlike anywhere else he snow white is coming and doing her dance and the you know she looks just like snow white it's just wild how they're able to find and he tips his his ears to Snow White and she sees him, and her whole face just you know tr- changes, her mouth opens, and she turns right towards him and gives him this just perfect curtsy and then keeps on dancing. And of course, he's just like, Holy moly! And then um uh Marita from Brave, you know, yep, she yep. she's she's on her horse, he does the same thing. In character to her characters, it's unbelievable how good they are. She puts her hands on her hips. You know, she's kind of a a strong-willed. You know, and she puts her hands on her hips and looks at him and opens her mouth and you know nods at him. And then it looks like it's either I don't think it's Belle, but um, maybe Sleeping Beauty is coming by on those on the floats that they come by on. And again, he tips it, and again the curtsy, boom, right. And I mean, you're watching this just like disney is the greatest place on earth you know I, it, it, this boy's life is gonna be like you'll never forget this he's getting curtsied by disney princesses right on main street just is just unbelievable you gotta check it out if you get a chance yeah that's that's cool it is i love it all right man well that's that and um space 220 we're gonna get there as soon as we can although it looks like it may be in 2022 right
1: that's very possible
0: all right. Well, we'll keep you updated. We'll be looking forward on Monday see what the reviews are coming in, seeing menus. By the way, did you notice for the first seven days, it is just show up yep. and, wait, and wait in line, and then they're taking reservations starting on September 27th. So that's interesting how
1: they're doing that. Yeah, I, it is interesting. I'll be interested to see. What, I, I expect a serious, serious line on uh, the
0: 20th to try to get in there. I would think so. Well thanks again for listening to coasters and culture This is the Beast saying be strong and courageous brex and com.
1: join the Journey